It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Can Auburn build on the improvement we saw from a week ago? Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Today's show brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5, get 200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Lindsey Crosby, our guest, the award-winning Lindsey Crosby, our guest, as he joins us every single Monday and Lindsay, Saturday's close loss to Georgia, devastating when you look at it in the micro, when you isolate it to just the heartbreak that Auburn fans felt in the fourth quarter. Brock Bowers reaching into the chest of Auburn fans and just yanking their heart out. But when you zoom out and you say, okay, Auburn may have lost the battle against Georgia, but the war is still there when you look at the remainder of the season, because look, if you could do that against Georgia, you could certainly do it against LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, and heck, I'll even put Alabama on that list. If Auburn can run the football, like we said all last week, is what they needed to do to build their identity, they can run the football against anyone left on their schedule, Lindsay. That was credit to you. You were the one banging that drum all week. They've got to run the ball. Sure. I feel a lot better. Like, there's no moral victories, right? But I feel a lot better after this loss than I did against Texas A&M. And it, it comes back, Justin Ferguson's yeah. talked about this a lot, it comes back to the whole proof of concept. Like, you actually saw things work against Georgia. And the only thing that's hard for me to figure out is, is what we did against Georgia, is that something you can replicate on the road? Because it feels like right now the only difference between the Georgia game and the Cal game and the Texas A&M game was you were at home for Georgia. And it was such a closer game, so much better played. Auburn actually covered for once, which was great. Yeah, And, and so can you do that when you go on the road to LSU, when you go on the road to Arkansas? But you saw proof of concept. You saw things actually work. And that's more than we had against A&M. And it's got to make you feel good going into the bye week that like, hey, you have things you can build on. It's not just fix these egregious errors. You actually have positive things you can take away from film study and you can make this team better by building off of those things so that you can compete later. Yeah, I I think so. I think so. And so when you look at what this team did well was run the football. Clearly, there's plenty of issues on this offense still and almost all of the issues have to do with the passing game. So now this team that ran the ball against one of the best defenses in college football, and look, so many people are saying Georgia stinks this year because they're not as good as they were last year or the year before. Like, 
They're not as good of those three teams. This year's Georgia team is the worst, but to act like this isn't a college football playoff team and a contender for the national championship is silly and it's wrong. And I mean, they're not going to have another chance, another challenge until the SEC championship game. We'll see certainly what happens there, but Auburn went toe to toe with them. And you said there's no such thing as moral victories. And I agree. You can be bummed about the loss, but excited about the rest of the season at the same time. They both can coexist, and I think a lot of Auburn fans need to realize that as we go into the bye week. But Lindsey Peyton Thorne, I thought was fine. I thought he did um, he did enough for three quarters of the game. I think the fourth quarter he needed to be better, which is a shame, certainly a shame. I do think there were times when he was put in an unfair situation. I don't understand the third and one you have Robbie in, and then you take him out, and then you run it. And I know it was a high snap. But who knows if Jarquez Hunter would have gotten across that line anyway? We're still got to we, we're still figuring out the quarterback situation. And in Payton's your starter, sure, but it's still like we're dabbling with this Robbie Ashford package. And it's like when it when you feel like you need it the most is when they're not going to it. And and I just I think it's going to be things like that that maybe we see cleaned up and more thought out after the bye week going into LSU. Yeah, the, the the Robbie package thing was the kind of the forefront of my thoughts when it came to the quarterback rotation. And it feels yeah. like what you need to do is you need to pick one of two paths. You need to either A, do like those old Georgia teams that had DJ Shockley used to do, where it was like every third series, no matter what the situation is, every third series, he's playing quarterback for the whole series. You know, and, and give him time. It's a strict rotation like that. Or you need to set the criteria. These are the situations we will bring in Robbie Ashford. We will use Ashford in, you know, third and three or less or, or whatever the situation is in the red zone. Just define it and stick to it because you have situations like that where he's in. They call a timeout. He had, you know, you swap quarterbacks and it wasn't a big deal in this game. Auburn was not penalized very much at all. But earlier in the season, you saw plenty of procedure penalties and things like that on Auburn. When it came to they'd swap quarterbacks and all of a sudden they're late getting the play call in or not, they're not set up correctly. Yeah, you have sure. to either pop a timeout or you take a delay a game or some illegal formation. So you need to either make a strict rotation or set defined criteria. This is when we're going to go to Robbie Ashford versus just kind of doing it on vibes. You know, that's, mm-hmm. what, that, that, that's what it feels like now is just let's try Robbie. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. And it messes up everybody's rhythm. Yeah, and I can't imagine it puts Robbie in a situation to succeed. I'm sure he would want to know when he's going to go in, too. I don't get the assumption that he knows when he's going to go in. And so, I mean, that I think that's an element of this as well. But I don't think Peyton was as bad as what people are saying. You know, there was that, that tweet that went viral from the Sidelines Auburn account that clipped up, you know, six of Peyton's nine incompletions hit the hands of his target. Um I think while that's factual, I do think context is needed, and that's what a lot of the arguments under that tweet has been over the last you know 24 hours since it's been up. You know, Pro Football Focus credited one drop, and it was to Jarquez Hunter, and I think we all agree that that was there was that nobody was, else around him. He should have drop. dropped that football totally. You know, and, and there were several that were good plays. There were several that were tough catches, and I think some of them should like. I think Jay Fair catches that. I don't know, four out of five times. Like, I don't think that's a crazy thing. And 
you know, there was some drama of like, you know, well, he knew he was the hit was coming. It's like, well, that's part of being a slot receiver. Like you gotta, you gotta catch in traffic. The one though that stands out to me the most is the Malcolm Johnson catch. It was a beautiful back shoulder throw, hit him in the hands. And I'm a little surprised it wasn't um, charted as a drop. I'm sure it was charted as a pass breakup because the Georgia defender made a great play on it. But that was one where it's like, okay, I wanted a little bit more than that. Like, I think that's when you've got to haul in if you're Malcolm Johnson Jr. And so that that's really the only one that I'm holding on to outside of the Jarquez drop where I'm like, ah, you know, you, you got to help your quarterback to some extent. Yeah, I mean, so if you if you credit them with the two drops, the line is a little bit better, but it's still not great. I mean, 10 and 19 for 82 yards and interception. Still not good enough. It's nowhere, it's still, near, good it's enough. nowhere near good enough right. of a line. And it's at the point... I mean, you're you're what five weeks in now, and obviously you have a, a a buy coming up. What what has to change for Peyton Thorne to look more like even last year's Peyton Thorne versus 2021 Peyton Thorne? And what can you do over the bye week to get him there? And I just I don't know what that thing is. And that's the frustrating part of of this whole thing is like we know he's capable of better performances. We've seen it, even yeah. his down year last year we talked about this would have been one of the best years in Auburn passing history yeah but we're nowhere near that this year and how to bridge the gap between where we are and what's there is that something they can fix in a bye week I don't know yeah the receiving game has to get better so let's discuss that is Rivaldo Fairweather getting enough love and what does that mean for the offense we discuss in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn today's show is brought to you by our friends at Athletic Brewing. And uh, look, they bring us the game changer of the week. Much like Auburn defensive back Jalen Simpson, Athletic Brewing Company, they change the game. They change the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Jalen Simpson, one of the better interceptions of the season. Uh, and then also just an absolute playmaker for this Auburn defense changing the game for what the Auburn Tigers are doing. Athletic Brewing Company, they're changing the game, making brews. Their brews are great-tasting, award-winning, and they beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden Sours, and more. I had one while watching the game on Saturday. You can find Athletic Brewing Co.'s non-alcoholic brews at a store near you, or you can buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code Locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Locked on to get 15% off your first order. That's locked on for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Alumni Hall. Alumni Hall is the best place for Auburn fans to buy all of their sports gear. If you have yourself, you need to go to Alumni Hall. If you have a significant other, you need to buy their Auburn gear at Alumni Hall. If you have children, pets, anyone you know, walls with where you need to put Auburn stuff on them, alumnihall.com. And of course, they also have physical stores, two great stores. I've been in both of them. Very, very, uh, very, very top-notch stuff. Uh, the Auburn one is off of South College Street, right off of campus. And then the Opelika store is in Tigertown. Um, both of them outstanding. And they've also got a store in Huntsville. So be sure to check out alumnihall.com. And if you're a uh, military, 
be sure to bring in your military ID. You'll get 10% off. Alumni Hall, the physical locations at Opelika, Auburn, and Huntsville, and alumnihall.com. Lindsey Crosby, our guest on this Monday, is Rivaldo Fairweather, the fan favorite tight end. Is he getting enough love? So when you look at the targets from Saturday's game, Rivaldo had seven leading the team, four catches on those seven targets. And that feels about right, Lindsey. Now, he hasn't gotten seven every game, but that feels about right. Jay Fair then got five. And when you talk about, you know, the 20, 20 players that were credited with targets, like, okay, we're over halfway there. We've only mentioned Rivaldo Fairweather and Jay Fair. Then Brian Batty had three. Jarquez Hunter had one. And so, okay, we were almost there. And we've got one receiver accounting for like, you know, uh, a very small part of all of this, which is interesting. Then Malcolm Johnson Jr. got two. Cam Brown got two. Nick Marner had one. And the Nick Marner target never had a chance. So uh, it's no. just, to me, you, you bring in all these wide receivers, right? Because we all felt good about Auburn's rushing attack. We felt yeah. good about the running backs. And then pretty early on, we felt a lot better about what Hugh Freeze was doing with the offensive line. But it was the the receiving game, the passing game as a whole, that this Auburn coaching staff really, really had to retool. And so they bring in a quarterback, and they bring in a tight end, the Rivaldo Fairweather, which has been, I think, spectacular up to mm -hmm. this point, despite what he's been asked to do. Yeah, he's been great. And then you bring in all these receivers, and these receivers aren't getting involved in the game. The only receiver that's consistently involved in the game is Jay Fair, and he was already here. So this, to me, seems like a transfer portal miss up to this point of the season. I mean, Shane Hooks, Jair Shorter, Nick Mardner, like this just it, it's I don't get it. I don't get it. But the fact that they're not earning targets from Peyton Thorne and getting reps in game as much as they probably thought, as much as we probably thought they would, I think this is on them. So – to me, there's three possible reasons, right? It could be they're not as skilled as we thought they were. So that's just a straight up miss. It could be a play, like under get, getting the playbook down issue. I, as I understand, this is an offense that has more uh, decisions to be made by the quarterback and the receiver both. They have to read the coverage, adjust the route, and be on the same page. So there's also an option of that. And there is always the option of maybe... Maybe Peyton Thorne just didn't see them or get the ball to them. Sure. I, I don't, there's plenty to criticize about Peyton Thorne. I don't know if number three is, explains away even half of their lack of involvement. I don't want to think that we completely whiffed on three receivers evaluations. And so I'm assuming it's probably a mix of maybe they, they haven't picked up the playbook as quick as we thought they would. Maybe we haven't necessarily found the right opportunity or right time to feature them in the passing attack. Yeah. Maybe also they're not as polished and skilled as we thought they were. They're more, I, I think all of those guys, we've described them as kind of being physical marvels. They've been very talented as far as tools, but they're sure. still a little bit raw and need some, some, some work, which yeah. is tough when you're a, a upperclassman, like shorter and things like that. But all three of them are. Yeah. I, I do think Rivaldo Fairweather, the thing that I like when I look into the numbers on Rivaldo Fairweather is like average depth of target, like 10 yards. He's Love not that. getting little tiny short dump off passes three yards ahead of the line of scrimmage as you avoid a sack. He's getting legitimate 
targets and passes. So he's a legitimate part of the game and he's moving the chains. That's great. But where is everybody else? Cam Brown is another guy who we were really high on. He, we just yeah. have not seen him. I don't necessarily know how you give Rivaldo Fairweather more targets and then also get those other guys involved in the game. I think yeah. that's kind of the issue is at this point, how do you adjust it? When you look at like the teams, um, and it's PFF. We don't quite know how they get these receiving grades, but like when you look at the top five receiving grades on this team, uh, or sorry, the top six, two of them are receivers. It's uh-huh. Jay Fair and Javarius Johnson at three and four. And after that, it's a bunch of backs and tight ends. I don't know, you know, Shane Hooks, I don't know how to get him more involved and at the expense of who. Same thing with Nick Marner, Jair Shorter. I just, I don't know. I think yeah. that's the hard part is maybe there's something in the bye week that they can figure out, whether it's personnel packages, specific play calls that can feature these guys' skills. But you're just not using them, and I don't know who is to blame because ultimately we're not in the meetings. We're not in the meetings. You're right. Uh, does an extra week help Peyton Thorne grasp the offense a little bit quicker? And and to me, I, I'm not comfortable saying yes to that yet. Now, I do think Auburn's opponents for the rest of the year are worse on defense, and I think that will help Peyton Thorne because I don't think the defensive backs – are as good. I mean, the next game Auburn plays will be against an LSU team that is usually known for being DBU, cornerback U, and this roster doesn't have it. That's this us now, is, right? Uh, I, I take our corners way over LSU's corners this year. No question about it. No question about it. It's like, does that help you? Does that help a potential mismatch with Shane Hooks down the road? Maybe. And, and one thing I need, need to mention, like injuries played a factor in all these dudes over the course of it. We're talking about Mardner and Shorter, and and I think Hooks was banged up for parts of fall camp. I could be mm-hmm. wrong on that. But availability is on the player to some extent, right? Like availability, I mean, if you're not available, to, I mean, that's 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 on you, to, once again, to some extent. So um, I, I just – I think seven targets to Rivaldo is perfect. I love that. It's, okay, Jay Fair should probably be second at around five. After that, I don't really know what you're supposed to do. It seems like to me they went to the first pass against Georgia was a pass behind the line of scrimmage, which is exactly what I wanted them to do. I said that. I think we both talked about it a week ago, Lindsay. I think that was when you were on the show. And then you didn't really ever go back to that. And and I think that's something that Auburn's going to have to do more against LSU because Harold Perkins is coming. He's coming to to sack Peyton Thorne. I don't think there's any question about that. And so just you gotta you gotta incorporate things that allow Peyton to get the ball out of his hands quicker. And I think using using these passes behind the line of scrimmage is good. And, and once again, I want you to make I want you to make these opposing defensive backs have to make these tackles uh, in one on one situations behind the line of scrimmage. And, and I just I think. I think we're going to see that as kind of an addition to the run game moving forward. I think we're going to see a lot of that installed in the bye week. Yeah, uh, extension of the run game is kind of what they call a lot of those passes in the flat behind a lot of scrimmage. You get, you know, little, little flares and things like that from the backs. And to me, the, I think the key, you've kind of shown so far against Power 5 competition, you haven't been able to push the ball downfield in the passing game reliably, right? And so if you're not able to stretch the field vertically, 
Yeah. What you're going to have to do against LSU is you're going to have to stretch the field horizontally, right? You're going to have to have backs out in the flat catching passes. You're going to have to be making them cover from sideline to sideline. And that gets back into the conversation we had, I think it was last week, about how a lot of quarterbacks at the college level aren't necessarily able to do full field reads. And so now you're in a situation where it comes to play calling. You need to stack multiple plays or multiple receiving options on the same side of the field and make it simpler. You saw Georgia do some of this when you had um, uh, Bowers and McConkle on the same same side of the field, the only two guys on that side of the field. And it was like a high-low concept or something like that. And he, you, Beck had a clearly defined option of one of the two based on the coverage. Yeah. You're going to have to see Auburn adjust what they do from a play-calling perspective to kind of give Peyton Thorne more options out wide so that, one, you can have an option to get the ball out quickly to negate a pass rush, and then, two, get him into more of a rhythm passing the ball. I think that I, I kind of think that was part of the scripted plays early when sure. you saw that pass in the flat to Petit was, let's get him into a rhythm, a couple easy completions to build his confidence and get him into a groove, and then... When you went live, as you're you're off the script now and you're calling plays in the moment, they got away from that. And so you've got to find a way to get that in there more consistently throughout the entire game and not just in that scripted opening drive. Yeah. I think when you look at what Auburn can improve at over the bye week, in fact, the most important thing over the bye week is actually really easy to achieve. And let's discuss that in just a moment. Right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best place to wager on all of your sports action. The NFL season's red hot. The college football season's red hot. MLB postseason, red hot. Get in on the action at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Right now, new customers can get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. All they have to do is place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose, You've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time to get in on the action. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off some winnings with all the sports action you're checking out. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Auburn Med Aesthetic. We love our friends at Auburn Med Aesthetic. Guys, we've all been there. It's the day of an event or maybe the day before event if you're giving yourself extra time. And you're like, oh, no, I need to buy something for my significant other. Well, the answer here is for you to go to auburnmedesthetics.com and buy a gift card for your significant other. And they can use it for Botox or facials, laser treatments, whatever it is that'll help your wife, girlfriend, fiance, significant other feel incredible. Uh, the, your wife will also love meeting with Dr. Nancy Herring and her master esthetician, Circe Kelly. They've got over 15 years of experience in the med spa industry. At Auburn Metastetics, you get personalized, private, and relaxed appointments to create the perfect med spa in environment so head over to auburnmedesthetics.com uh and you can also go in person of course to check them out they are on east glen avenue across from chappies auburn metastetics get those gift cards at auburnmedesthetics.com guys we promise she will love it Lindsay, when you talk about the use of a bye week and normally i like my bye week as late as possible into the season mm -hmm. this year is kind of an exception because auburn is so banged up it feels like they're thinner at every position than we thought they would be at this point in the season due to injuries. Unfortunately, a lot of these aren't dramatic injuries. They're just, hey, they're going to miss two or three weeks here, two or three weeks there. And I just think a lot of these guys are going to benefit from a light week where they can recover 
and be ready to go against LSU. And the the fact that I think that's probably the most important thing uh, is good because that's pretty obtainable, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a well-timed bye week, right? And, and like you said, you usually want them late in the year. Th- this is a different situation. Whenever you have a new coach uh, and a new scheme and everything, get these bye weeks in sometime earlier so that you can fix some of these big glaring issues. And I guess... If you didn't have the bye week here, but you had a paycheck game here, you could kind of do some of that same work, sure. but it's easier having the week off, right? Let's go in here. Let's make some of these significant fixes that need to be made. Let's figure out the distribution of the targets. Let's figure out why we can't get these receivers involved and let's get everybody healthy. Let's just get some of these guys to be, uh, you know, give them the, a week and a half in the training room out of practice, let them get healthy and hopefully have some reinforcement so that you're not playing some of your depth. It felt like defensive back injuries played a part in Saturday's game because like Kay and Lee had an attempt to tackle Brock Bowers that was not very effective at all. And it's just without these injuries, maybe it gets a little, maybe you have a better player in there and maybe that run after the catch isn't as bad, things like that. So good timing for a bye week. Um, Hopefully they're able to use it. And then I'm really curious to see what happens with the play calling as you come out of the bye into LSU. Sure. Uh, The broadcast got it wrong on Saturday. They talked about Hugh Freeze was calling plays on Saturday. From what I was told, he was not calling plays on Saturday. He did have more of a role in the game plan. He did have more of a role day of discussing what was going to be called, but he was not actively calling plays himself. So let's see what you do on Saturday uh, with the play calls after some time to figure out here's what's worked. Here's what's not. Here's what we need to make sure you get more of in the game, like passes to the backs, things like that. It's just, it's a well-timed bye week for a new coaching staff and a new team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once again, the new system for Peyton Thorne and these receivers and this offensive line and heck, we'll throw the running backs in there too. I mean, it's just, it's taking them longer to grasp all the concepts. And I don't know if it's a talent thing. Like, I don't know if just SEC defensive backs are going to be able to shut down these wide receivers for the remainder of the year. I, I don't know. I don't know. But they're getting open. It's just inconsistencies with being able to catch contested passes. And I don't know if any of these guys are really good enough to consistently create their own space. And if they do, is Peyton Thorne going to see them? And so if you're an Auburn receiver, an Auburn pass catcher, like you, you got to catch these contested footballs, especially against the likes of Georgia when there was so much on the line. And look, you've got to figure out how to be better than two of 12 on third down. Like That's a really, really important thing. And I know Auburn's defense wasn't great at getting off the field on third down as well against Georgia's offense. I think some of that's just you're going up against Georgia and you've got one of you're going up against one of the better offensive weapons in all of college football uh, in Brock Bowers. And should they have done different things defensively to, to stop him? Possibly. And we'll talk about that later in the week. But in regards to Auburn's offense staying on the field, you have to figure out what went wrong. And some of it's, some of it's you know, th- these guys not making tough catches. Some of it's Peyton Thorne missing guys. Some of it is, you know, guys missing blocks in third and short situations. There's a lot to go wrong. I mean, to go two for 12 on third down, a lot has to go wrong. And you've got to fix those things. I think that was technically fourth down, but yeah, you're oh, right. Dude. I mean, you talk about important downs, third and fourth down, no question about it. Yeah, you everybody's got to execute their job, and that just didn't happen on third and fourth down consistently. Yeah, and it's it is it something you can fix in one week? 
I don't know, but you've got to make progress. You've sure. got to, to, to get a little closer to it. And very, it feels like it feels, it, this feels like one of the more important weeks of the season. And that's the hard part is we're not going to see a concrete result on yeah. Saturday from this week. But this feels like this could be a turning point in the season because you're in the middle of that brutal stretch you talked about. A&M, Georgia, LSU, Old Miss. And you, you still have a chance to take one of those two games to win a game in this stretch like you wanted. Obviously, yep. we thought it was going to be A&M and it wasn't. It was almost Georgia. Then it wasn't. So really important week. And the hard part is we're not going to know how it went until at best next Saturday, and then we won't know what directly came out of this week or not. But it's a very important week for Hugh Freeze. Buddy, get some sleep, have some good food, get some work done this week. We're thinking about you. Lindsey Crosby, thank you so much for your time, as always. How can people check out everything you've got going on? Um, my award-winning baseball coverage is uh, at Crosby Baseball. is the hub for all of that stuff. The college baseball, AuburnDaily.com, minor league baseball, Locked MB Prospects, and major league coverage, BravesToday.com. Yeah, you can find all my written work at auburndaily.com as well. We will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.